How far down the dynasty rankings does Jonathan Taylor fall after the latest news? All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, I mentioned your scouting background. It must be, I mean, it must really come into play on a day like today. NFL cut down day. Here we are. We're we're kind of at the end of it now. Uh, What a wild day it's been. No doubt. I mean, just a flood. I think it's like 1,100 guys get cut today. You know, something along Uh, those lines. I mean, just imagine. And, And then I always think of this too, like, all these dudes that are on the bubble, you know, they probably couldn't sleep last night. Nervous, you know, man, I hope I make it. I don't know if I can. And then you get the call that you're going to be with the team. You're, you're, you're on the roster, but it's not over yet. You know, like some of these teams might pick up somebody or make a trade and you're 53rd. And just when you thought you were made it, you're out, you know, so <sighs> craziness. I mean, not a ton of fantasy ramifications today. Some. But, I mean, a lot of lives changing, you know, teams change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As you will notice here, we are coming to you much later than normal. We try to get these, uh, each of these episodes out as early as we can in the day. This one coming uh, much later in the day, because honestly, we wanted to wait for this flood of news. Mm -hmm. and, And we knew that would center around the name I've already mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, we're talking preseason winners and losers. We're going position by position. Kate and Marcus covered the quarterbacks, talked a lot about Jordan Love on yesterday's episode. We're focusing on running backs today. And while they focused on one of the winners, we're going to really focus today, unfortunately, on one of the dynasty losers. And that is this player that we've been talking about uh, for weeks now, if not months, the, the, the drama, the issues in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor, of course, not traded. Uh, to make things worse, he is placed on the pup list. He will miss at least the first four games of the season. Um, and you know, Matt, I, I don't know what you've heard, but some of the comments that I've heard, uh, being discussed is that we maybe shouldn't expect Jonathan Taylor to ever play for the Colts again, whether that's a, a comes via a trade later in the season before the trade deadline, uh, or, or perhaps he just sits out with this. Uh, you know, air quotes injury that he's dealing with. Uh, what, whatever it may be, we may have seen the last of Jonathan Taylor in the Colts uniform. We might have, which dynasty wise, that might not be the end of the world. You know, I mean, he, he still could land in a good situation. I mean, I think, I, I, I think this is more of a massive redraft, you know, step backwards than it is dynasty. But we often talk that running backs are kind of one in the same in that regard. You know, if you really look at it, you know, in depth, Um, I think if we're logical about this, though, the only thing we know for certain is he is not going to play football for four NFL weeks. Right. 
I mean, if Isaiah Pacheco gets hurt in week two, he might be a chief for week five. You know what I mean? Like, he, I still think there's a strong chance he gets moved. But I think your point about him not being a Colt again is very valid. So it, it sounds like you would preach patience to dynasty managers in this so. situation. I think so. I mean, I, I don't think you have to dump them at all costs. I mean, and I tend to think he's not going to sit the whole year. I mean, how often does that happen in history since Lev Bell, really? Hardly anybody. I mean, right. I think he'll end up somewhere. Things change. Running backs get hurt. Apparently, there was some interest. It just didn't happen quick enough. It's a tough one, though. Well, I mean, quick enough. This was the this was the Colts' self-imposed deadline, as we talked about last week, right? I mean, they could trade him tomorrow. They could have put him on the active roster, and and the trade value would be much different than it is now. Uh, obviously, NFL teams are going to value him less than they did yesterday, based on right this this pup uh, pup list uh, status. So, just uh, you know, another <laughs> another strange move from the Colts from Jim Irsay. Jonathan Taylor is clearly the running back loser when it comes to dynasty. I look at his ADP. He has obviously been falling already because of this in our August ADP over at dynasty league football, Jonathan Taylor was down to the RB six. So it was Bijan Robinson, McCaffrey, Gibbs, Brees Hall, Barkley, and then Taylor. I'm going to start collecting that, uh, that September ADP here just in a couple of days. And, what would be your prediction there, Matt? How far does Taylor fall? Because I look at some of these names below him, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb. Uh, then we get into guys like Walker, Stevenson, ETN, Jacobs. Could he fall out of the RB1 territory altogether? When you were naming those names, Stevenson was ahead of him, was definitely ahead of him, Pollard, probably Walker, um, so 10 to 12, I, I think is fair. I still would have them over ATN. Uh, I just adjusted my redraft rankings and I moved them all the way down to running back 21. Like I have them right next to Brees Hall. Cause I don't know what to do with either one of them at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. I, I think the other thing kind of hurting Taylor's dynasty value, it's, it's something that we've talked about a lot on here. Just that that redraft or that win now mindset that kind of takes over dynasty managers as we get closer to the season. And now here we are just uh, just a week, a little over a week before uh, the regular season begins. So knowing that Taylor is going to miss four games, you know, if we're talking middle of the year and he turns an ankle and he misses four games, dynasty managers don't even blink at that possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. But here it is at the beginning of the season, we're just, just shifting that mindset and it feels like a, a very serious situation. So I think your idea of just saying, step back, take, take a breather. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably good advice here. Um, As far as Taylor's dynasty value, you said he potentially falls to the low end RB one range if you're doing a late dynasty startup right now, okay, how uh, where are you, where are you pulling the trigger on on taking Jonathan Taylor? Mm. Man, he might be the perfect candidate for you know in the off season we had a couple guests on and I forget which one said this but it's been sticking with me is it, you build your whole team and just totally neglect, neglect running back. 
And yeah, maybe I believe that's, that was Scott Barrett. I think it was, yeah. And I really like that idea, and I want to try it someday. But maybe I want Taylor, too. You know, Taylor and then just totally – because he's not going to help me win much this year, which is kind of the goal anyway. And a year from now, he could be drastically more valuable than he is right now. So uh, shying away, I don't think makes sense. I mean, the guy's going to play football. He's still young. He's still good. I kind of look at it as more of a buying opportunity than, you know, and certainly more of a hold than anything, but more of a buy than a sell for sure. You giving up two 2024 first rounders for him? No. I don't think you have to. No, I don't either. I don't think you have to give that much, but uh, I'm I'm assuming it's going to cost more than than a single first. How know? about so, a one and a two? Yeah, a one and a two, or a one and a, a one and a player. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably where we are at this point. Like, uh, would you I'm, rather have Jackson Smith and the Jigba or Taylor? Oh, I I want JSN. I yeah, want me the, too. Me too. Yeah, I'm I want trying the, to, I'm trying to the young wide idea. receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have much Very. more Taylor talk as the uh, as the weeks go on, as his status, uh, you know, kind of lay, lays in the balance. But as you said, what we know for sure here is that he will not be playing football for the next four weeks. And by the way, that is something that was clarified. I think I heard Adam Schefter mention this. Even if he is traded before the season starts or if he's traded after week one, he is still out those first four no weeks. Doubt. He can cannot come off the pup list, even if he uh, does end up with another team. So uh, we won't see JT until week five at the very earliest. Matt, we do have some more uh, winners and losers from the preseason to discuss from that running back position. We'll continue that next. So guys, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater, et cetera, et cetera near you. And I just said the other day, going to Guns N' Roses. It was kind of a last minute thing. Didn't know if I could swing it. And game time was phenomenal. This is the first time I've used it. Boom. Me and my buddy were down there on the floor listening to Axel and Slash and having a good time. You know, so with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and get starting and start to get hyped for the fun that you're going to have. I mean, they have flash deals and last minute tickets and easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. We got a great image of our seat view, which was dead on accurate. Uh, Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, game time is definitely the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, 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 so much more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So it's great. Uh, it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country. And you get tickets of your, you get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. That was really helpful. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Boom. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. So here's what you do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, real easy. Use Locked On NFL, and you save 20, 20 bucks off your first purchase, which is exactly what I did. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
We're talking running back winners and losers from the preseason. Of course, a long conversation about Jonathan Taylor as he will remain with the Indianapolis Colts, at least for the time being. Uh, Matt, that was your running back loser. Uh, mine is uh, kind of a, a different direction here. Looking at one of the rookies, Devon A-Chain of the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins. And, and this guy was honestly a loser in, in a couple of different ways. He suffered an injury. I believe that was in the Dolphins' second preseason game. Uh, that kind of leaves his status for the beginning of the season in doubt. And, uh, oh, by the way, he was also fifth on the depth chart uh, through those preseason games that he was active in. He's behind Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, uh, behind uh, Miles Gaskin, who was was released today, and uh, also behind Savan Ahmed. So just just looks yeah. like a really slow start, rough start for Devon A-Chain. And, uh, I mean, if you look at his profile, I guess maybe we should have been expecting this, but – he was he was sure being valued like a guy who could help immediately uh, help dynasty teams immediately and you know I, I still think there's a chance that he has an impact role for the Dolphins this year but it's not going to happen the first part of the season for sure. No, I mean he's going to have to prove a lot to me to put him in a starting lineup and yeah. frankly I don't own him anywhere. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, I saw this coming. I, I didn't, but you know you mentioned this profile. Maybe this shouldn't be super, you know, surprising. And it really isn't to me. I just think it's unfortunate that a muddy backfield that could be pretty good in terms of fantasy production is even muddier now. Like dolphins are almost unusable. Yeah, well, I mean, I would consider we'll we'll talk about the winners, uh, the running back winners here in a moment. But, you know, I would consider both both Mostert and Jeff Wilson running back winners. This this Miami team, you know, flirted with Dalvin Cook, uh, reportedly made at least two trade offers for Jonathan Taylor. And in the end, it looks like they're going to go into the season with Mostert and Wilson and A-Chain, along with, uh, I believe, Savan Ahmed made the final roster. So they're basically going with what they've had throughout the preseason, throughout training camp. And Mostert and Jeff Wilson were both, honestly really productive when they were on the field last year both were both were in and out of the lineup Mostert ends up with six games as a top 24 running back Jeff Wilson had seven games as a top 24 running back and um you know you you combine their production that's of course that's not necessarily uh realistic but you combine their production and and they're giving you RB1 numbers uh, on a very consistent basis so uh, I like both of those guys as as kind of dart throws that you can stick in your lineup as as that flex spot as the RB three, especially if you're trying to actually win some games in your dynasty league. No, I guess you're right. I I'm just not a fan of either one of their games, so I probably yeah. sell Mostert and Wilson far too short, which is a mistake by me. You know, it's just a mistake. I mean, because they're going to get the ball in a good offense. That's important. Well, again, both both have dealt with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would not be a surprise if if that trend continues, uh, and and then you know maybe that's the path for Devon A. Chain to uh, to kind of recoup some of this value that he's lost. Uh, other losers, just just the guys we've talked about, really are the ones that that come to mind: Brees Hall and, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Of course, both of those 
uh, impacted by the veterans that their teams recently signed, uh, Dalvin Cook and and Zeke Elliott. Um, and, I got to admit, though, I mean, Ryan, we, I'm not scared off a slightest bit with Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I think this is just a last chance to buy him. I, I don't think that he goes backwards much. Yeah, we, we it seems like his value has dropped a little bit and then quickly bounced back. And and maybe that bounce back has to do with the, those the pictures that came out of Zeke and and the reports that he showed up to Patriots camp out of shape and uh, some of those things. And, and then maybe just, uh, you know, kind of taking another look at, at the impact that he really did make last year. And uh, while he saw plenty of touches, he was um, uh, ultimately just not very productive uh, or not very efficient with Mm -hmm. uh, the workload that he saw. And, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, not too worried about, uh, not as worried about Ramondre necessarily, and Brees Hall, it's same same thing we've already said. You know, I'm, it's the injury more than Dalvin Cook at this point. So I think if we wait until the end of the, you know, the back part of the season, certainly if you're talking long-term 2024, then I'm, uh, I'm not concerned with Brees Hall at all. I hear you. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about some winners. We'll end the show on a positive note. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow on the show, Matt and I will be back. We'll talk, be talking about the winners and losers uh, from the preseason at the wide receiver position. So check back in on that show tomorrow. We'll have some wide receiver talk for you. Matt, we've had a few uh, winners, actually several winners uh, from more the running losers. back position. Yes, that, that's yeah. that's a good thing. More, more winners yeah. than losers. Players that... Uh, could certainly gain dynasty value, are gaining dynasty value really as the days go along here and as we get closer to the season. And players ultimately that could be more productive than maybe we expected them to uh, in these weeks leading up to the season. So Matt, who's your who's your one big winner from the running back position? Pierce in Houston. I adore this guy. I, I mean, I feel like the whole fantasy community is way too low on Damian Pierce. So I just pulled up my redraft ranks. I have him right ahead, right behind Kenneth Walker. I have, he's my running back 14 right now. I have him over Joe mm. Mixon, ATN, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. I think he's really hard to get on the ground. I think he has every down capabilities. Clearly they've, dedicated themselves to helping a no line, you know, trading for Shaq Mason, giving money to the tackles, drafting juice drugs. So I think Pierce is going to have a big year. Yeah. The Pierce has certainly been a dynasty winner. The narrative uh, this preseason has been around his usage on third down that he's been Mm -hmm. in the game on on, uh, the majority of third downs when he was, uh, in the lineup or or with the, the starter snaps, as they say. Uh, that's a good thing, obviously, and clearly not something that we saw a lot of last year, but he still didn't see, uh, didn't really see any role in the passing game, even though he was in the game on third down. So I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about Damian Pierce's usage and role growing into uh, possibly being a pass catching back for the Houston Texans. Um, honestly, they just don't have 
much else uh, in that backfield as far right. as competition. So, um, uh, and, and this guy had a great uh, and really a surprise rookie year, I think, because he was that uh, later draft pick, the storyline became sell him while you can. And I was certainly preaching that and, and kind of of that opinion as well. And, you know, this this might be one of those cases where that was the wrong play because he, he certainly has a stranglehold on that on that job right now. Yeah. And I would think Stroud would be a pretty heavy check down guy. You know, a little bit of trouble comes, dump it out, you know, nice, easy throw for a, a rookie quarterback. I don't know. I think Pierce is a good player that we yeah. are sleeping on a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I ask you to name one single winner. I'm going to break my own rule because I've got a couple of guys here. These are both, uh, both backup running backs, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen this preseason tank Bigsby, the rookie in Jacksonville, Jalen Warren, your guy up there in Pittsburgh. Uh, You've talked recently on here about what his role will be as, as a third down back and uh, pass catching back spelling, uh, spelling Najee Harris. Uh, these guys are both still relatively cheap. Uh, I've I've seen them both traded in my leagues for second round picks uh, over the past couple of weeks. So that seems to be the going rate. I, I certainly don't think either are worth a first rounder mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, and, and because they're backups, I mean, you can't, you can't stick these guys in your lineup in week one either, but I certainly do think they've gained some dynasty value this preseason. And uh, there's a, a lot of upside with both of these players. Bigby's absolutely one of my favorites. I own him a lot of places. I'm very happy that I invested in my rookie drafts. I'm growing less and less fond of ATN and more and more fond of the Jags offense overall. So I think he, frankly think he has a best chance a decent chance to be the Jags most productive fantasy back Mm. and I think I've told my thoughts on Warren he's very impressive he's a very hard worker he's loved around here he's the true third down back the Steelers treated him the same way they treated Najee in terms of rest you know as soon as Kenny Pickett came out Warren and Najee didn't go back in so I, I think right the second Maybe he's a low-end flex, you know, in week one when everyone's healthy. But I think Najee's had the most touches of any back in the league over the last two years. And, you know, you know, it takes some a toll. We certainly would not wish this on Najee Harris. But if he were to suffer an injury, do you yeah. look at Jalen Warren as the type of running back who could handle essentially a full workload for the Steelers? McFarland would get a big boost. They're trying to incorporate him in the offense, but Warren's the third down guy. He's sturdy. He's well-built, but like if him and Najee walked in the room, you wouldn't, they don't look the same. I mean, Najee's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't confuse those two. No. I also, I also don't think Jalen Warren is that Devon A-chain type back. Absolutely. That he'll, he'll never be a, um, he's a tackle time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're yeah. on the same page there. Yeah, yeah. He can run between the tackles. He's a tackle breaker. Yes. Any other uh, winners that you had in mind from the running back position, Matt? I think we have to mention the Colts situation. I mean, yeah. is it Evan Hull? I'm assuming. I mean, I really liked him coming out of school. It was kind of a James Conner, Tyler Algier type. Tough guy, smart. 
maybe. Yeah, I would say all three of those guys are getting a boost. Evan Hull, we're t- yeah, we're talking Evan Hull, the rookie. Deion Jackson, who played uh, quite a bit last year when Taylor was hurt and out of the lineup, and Zach Moss, of course, uh, former Bill. Uh, that was the uh, that was the trade. Uh, essentially Naheem Hines for Zach Moss. Moss did break his arm earlier in the um in the offseason. Looks like he's going to be ready uh for week 1 potentially. So uh, the he's uncertainty not great, No, no. I, mean, the, the un- I would say the uncertainty of what that depth chart really looks like uh, assuming Moss is healthy has led to a boost for all three of those guys. Um, and, and all three of those players are guys that were on uh, waiver wires in, in a, most dynasty leagues, you know, until recently. So I think Hull makes the most sense mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, being the rookie, the guy they've most recently invested in. But if Moss is healthy, I think he gets the first crack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, I there's certainly really all three of those guys, at least for now, are winners in uh, – in as much as they've they're gaining value because of this Taylor situation. Quick question for you: Are there any winners or losers in Philadelphia? I mean, I guess we could say Kenny Gainwell's a winner. Uh, He's definitely but not a loser. It's still, you know that that's still very cloudy. We sure. talked on the uh, on the DLF podcast this. Uh, this week about some unanswered questions. We've gone through training camp. We've gone through three weeks of uh, preseason games now, and there's quite a few situations that we still just don't know about. And uh, the Eagles backfield is one of them. It it looks like all of those guys have made the team. There was some, there's some talk that Rashad Penny could get cut Uh, all four Penny Gainwell uh, Swift and Boston Scott look to have made the the roster in Philadelphia, which makes it even more confusing. Honestly, exactly. yeah. I wish there was one. Yeah, a couple other winners, guys. We've already talked about over the past few weeks. Uh, Khalil Herbert certainly good one sh- has shown that he's the RB one in uh, Chicago. Javante Williams looks to be healthy and ready to go. That's that's still a surprise. I'm I'm treading lightly with that oh, one. I'm but, scared uh, of that one. Still. Yeah, looks looks like a good news, and his value is bouncing back. Uh, and, and then we talked about the uh, the Dolphins, Mostert and Jeff Wilson. I I like both of those guys as winners from this preseason that is going to do it for today's show please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you get your podcast remember to follow the show at locked on dynasty follow matt at williamson nfl and i'm ryan mc23 we'll be back next time with more locked on dynasty